Welcome to the podcast. We're very pleased to be sponsored by Camps Area and Louise. And for those of you who know us, you know we've been in the business of caring about children and their families for generations. In maintaining our commitment to the growth and development of the children, we're very aware that they and their families can often face a number of challenges in their everyday lives. Now, of course, we know it's not all the children all the time, but it can be said that at least some of the children some of the time are confronted with some dilemma, situation, or decision that can require a range of resources to cope with that particular episode in their lives. With that being said, we've invited a number of experts to talk to us about how we can help the children and their families manage some of these moments day to day. Today, we're particularly excited to welcome Dr. Stephen Thompson. Dr. Thompson is an associate professor a medical director of the Division of Pediatric Neurology in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Maryland School of Medicine in Baltimore. Known by his colleagues for his excellent clinical skills, as well as his very accessible, friendly, and warm manner, he is a highly sought-out consultant on both local and national matters. Named a top doctor by Baltimore Magazine, he is a beloved physician by so many of his patients. And just as important to all of us at Camp Sarah and Louise, where he is affectionately known as Dr. Steve. He serves as a longtime medical director, providing kind, thoughtful, and compassionate care to all members of our camp community. So today we're gonna to talk a bit about the children at camp who present with acute and sometimes chronic medical and health conditions, and how the medical staff can make a difference in helping a child enjoy a successful summer at camp. So Steve, welcome. You can jump in wherever you'd like to start, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about your camp doctor story. Well, thank you very much, Manny, for that generous introduction. It's a pleasure to be here, and I think it's a wonderful idea that we are presenting this podcast to the camp community um, so that parents and families and future and current campers can learn more about what it's like to be a camp and how we can help them be successful there. So my story is not all that dissimilar from many stories of our camp staff membership. Uh, many of us at camp have been there for many, many years. I myself came to camp as a second generation camper, meaning that my mother before me was a camper at Camp Louise. My mother was a longtime resident of Baltimore and she and her siblings attended the camps and then their children, myself, my brother and my cousins all came to camp after that. So I grew up at camp, if you will. I was schlepped down to the mountains of central northern Maryland from New Jersey at the time, where I was a camper, and then I went through the ranks and became a counselor in training and then a counselor. And I was on staff for several years, and then after that I needed to take some time off and enter the so-called real world to pursue further education in college and then medical school and additional medical training. It was always my hope that someday Whenever that might happen, should I have children, that they would enjoy Camps Area Louise, much like I had along with my extended family. So eventually, after working for some time in Tennessee, I moved back um, to New Jersey, where I had the opportunity to schlep my then 10-year-old son down to Camp Area. And one of the ways that I was able to entice him, if you will, having never seen Ari himself, and he did not have the memories that I had, although I wanted to share them, was to let him know that perhaps if he went to camp, I could be at camp as the camp doc for a period of time during his camp stay. So 
those many years ago, my now 25-year-old son, who is still a staff member at Camp Sari and Louise, came to camp for his first summer for four weeks and loved it. And I was a camp doc during one of those weeks. It was a wonderful reunion for me to see so many faces that I remembered from my youth, men and women who were still working at camp were part of my long-term camp family. And I got to reunite with them. I got to reunite with my inner younger self, if you will, and enjoy all of the things that I loved about camp, including walking our hill, doing archery, campfires, the dining hall, everything. So being a camp doc means a little bit you still get to be your old camper self from time to time, it sounds like. Well, we're not supposed to be campers ourselves, <laughs> although you will see me around camp in my shorts, t-shirt, and tennis shoes, running around and enjoying myself, uh -huh. but always aware of my responsibilities at camp. So to, to cut to the chase here a little bit, I worked as a camp doc for one week, and then I added another week, and then another week, and now... Um, I currently work four weeks out of every summer up at our camps. I spend some time at Louise and a little bit more time over at Aerie. I am available to the camps year-round as a volunteer. Um, I'm now medical director um, for both Aerie and Louise. And it is my passion. It is what I most prefer to do in providing health care to our campers and our staff. Um, I do love my real job at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. It is also another passion but I so very much look forward to my summers on the mountain. So tell us what it's like to be a camp doc these days. What, what comes your way? So I think it's important for prospective parents and camp families and even current camp families to know that our camps are like a small village or community. We have potential patients there of any age from the youngest campers or the um, children of staff members who may be even younger, all the way through our staff and our administrative team. So we have patients there or potential patients who may be children, adolescents, young adults, or even older adults. And what comes our way is basically anything you might see. As we were speaking earlier, mm -hmm. it's anything from Band-Aids to 911. Now having said that, I think it's important for parents and families to know that one of the concerns that we are obviously very aware of is when I send my child to camp, is my child going to be safe? Will they be safe emotionally? Will they be safe physically when they engage in sports and hiking and camping and swimming, etc.? And will they be safe medically? What is their health situation going to be like? And it needs to be said that we have an incredibly well-trained staff. So campers are always safe emotionally because we have staff trained to deal with emotional issues and provide camper support. In fact, that's the name of those positions for camper support. Mm -hmm. If a child should be home missing or having some difficult social interactions with other children in their camp community. Campers are safe and, and staff are safe when they are swimming because we have certified trained lifeguards. Our campers and staff are safe when they are hiking or engaging in outdoor activities because we have incredibly well-trained staff led by wonderful people who are known nationally for their expertise. Mm -hmm. But from my area of jurisdiction on our mountain, what does it mean to say to you that your campers are safe when they're at camp? We can manage basically anything. We see children with runny noses, be it allergies or a summer virus. We see children with scrapes and bruises minor scrapes all the way to lacerations that may need, unfortunately, to be sutured. 
We can do stitches at camp. We prefer not to do them on hands and faces, if you will, because that requires a bit more expertise and it involves function and, and um, cosmetics. But we can handle that. We can handle sprains. Obviously, if somebody needs an x-ray, we don't have x-ray machines at camp. Um, but we have ways we can get that done. We can handle minor orthodontic and dental issues. We can even clip um, broken orthodontic brace wires You've if need that. be. We've done that. We have the equipment to do that. We have braces, wax, orthodontic wax if that's needed. We can manage basically anything that comes our way. And in the very rare case where something comes our way that needs help outside of camp, we have a system in place. We have transportation arranged with trained certified drivers and a protocol for sending campers off-site should they need to go to an urgent center for care that, that's a bit above what we can provide, or an x-ray, rarely to an emergency room, but even occasionally just to a podiatrist for an ingrown toenail, a dentist in town if it's something that, if they live too far away to get to their home dentist, anything of that nature. We can handle that and we can even handle having 911 come to the camp on the very rare circumstance. So you're very much prepared for what I imagine one might call the unpredictability of illness. Absolutely. You just never know what's going to show up, when it's going to show up, and how it's going to show up. But the campers and their families can be assured that whatever does show up, you'll be prepared to address. You've already figured out how you're going to address. You have a plan in place ahead of time. Absolutely. So at our camps, and we run essentially identical health centers at both camps, and we are unique in the camp industry, I should add. At our camps, when camp is in session, we have two physicians and anywhere from four to six nurses on site 24-7 living and breathing that mountain air with your campers and our staff. We have clinic space to run clinics after every meal and before bedtime. We give out home scheduled medications if your children are on medications, and we can touch on that in a moment. Sure. But we are there, and, and what you should know is the people that come to us are vetted. We know them. Many of them have a camp history and an experience that they share. Um, many of them have children who've been at camp or are at camp currently, and they are prepared, they are trained, and they are on site. My job in the real world consists of the predictable scheduled patient appointment in my office, and very much so the unpredictable when the beeper goes off and there's a new emergency to be dealt with. Camp is somewhat the same. What's predictable is we know that four times a day we have scheduled times to give out medications if campers come with them from home and we have a whole pharmacy that we work with that sets that up and we have a very specialized system that's similar to what, that which is used around the camping industry in this country to make sure the campers get scheduled medications should they come to us on medication. And we can talk about chronic illnesses that might need medications in a moment. So that's predictable. It's also predictable that after every meal, we, we will run clinic time. If you have a runny nose, a sore throat, or a rash that you'd like looked at, we are there for you. And it's a time that counselors and staff know the clinic staff are all in one place and we're ready to go. That's the predictable piece of our job. The unpredictable is the walkie-talkie goes off and it's, hi, hey, Dr. Steve or Nurse Betts or someone, can you come to the pool? We have someone who stubbed their toe and it's bleeding, they scraped their toe. Or we have someone having an asthma attack on the ball field. Can you come and get them and bring an inhaler and bring them to the health center? We have the facilities to manage that because we have constant communication with our staff. 
We have walkie-talkies that work throughout our, our mountain. Um, even when we send trips off-site, we will send emergency packs with meds and they know how to reach us, the staff that go on these trips. They can call us for advice or they know where the nearest first aid would be if they ever travel. So that's the unpredictability. We even have our own vehicle that we use both one for transport, a car to go off-site if we need to, and on-site we have a four-wheel drive Polaris type of ATV that we can get around camp in a moment's notice. So we are prepared for both the unexpected and unpredictable situations that might, ri might arise in addition to those children who come to us during clinic time. So you've gotten to know some children year in and year out as they come back with some of these conditions. You've seen them grow up and they know you and you know them. What's that like? It is wonderful, Manny, to have the long-term continuity of care and to see children grow and develop. You know, we talk to our staff about the many different stages of child development so that they know how to deal with children when they're when they're in situations that are perhaps challenging to their level of emotional comfort. We also know as physicians and nurses about stages of child development and how wonderful is it for me to see a child come to camp for their first summer, nine or 10 years of age, and see them go all the way through our training program and become a counselor in training and come on staff. And we watch them grow and develop. And I will tell you, we see that with healthy children but we also have children in camp who have chronic illness. I mentioned just a few moments ago that we have times where we give out home medications. And some uh, listeners to this podcast might be wondering, well, what's that about? What are you talking about? Well, certainly many children come to camp and they're on nothing at home. You may sign consent um, when your child comes to allow us to give over-the-counter medications if they have a headache or a runny nose. But we have children who come to us on daily allergy medications, daily asthma medications, medications for ADHD, or any other number of illnesses. That is why we have our clinic times where we give out medications, and that is why we have a system in place for doing that. And it is fascinating to me to see that in this small village or community, because we have so many children throughout the course of the summer and over the many summers, one after another, we have children with asthma, allergies, ADHD, diabetes. We've had children come to us just months or weeks off chemotherapy for even an oncologic or cancer illness. We have children who come to us with any variety of healthcare challenges. And what's fascinating is to watch them grow up, watch them learn how to deal with their chronic problem in the setting of a camp recreational environment. And sometimes they may not be so open about their condition and share it with their bunkmates and their peers. Sometimes they are very open and want to share that. And it's interesting to see because as soon as their peers know that they are dealing with this challenge, they typically help them deal with that challenge. And we see children gain a sense of maturity, independence, self-reliance, and responsibility. They learn to come for their meds on time. They learn if they're a diabetic to count their carbs and watch their sugar and give their own insulin. We have children on growth hormone learning to give their own shots. Um, it, it is just fascinating to me, Manny, to see this happen in a camp environment. So when you see the children kind of go through these developmental stage challenges and succeed at the challenge, and they learn to cope and manage their health issues, you must see them grow just as, as kids and become 
feeling more competent and capable in the world. And that must carry over into other parts of their lives, be it at camp or probably they take it home with them as well. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we talk to parents about in some of our parent orientation meetings or with some of the information we provide online is having children ready for camp learning how to be quick and efficient in the shower, brushing your teeth, how to make a bed, how to fold laundry, etc. But it's another thing to see a child who's facing a chronic illness and needing to take medication every day, learning how to be more self-reliant and independent and comfortable in their own skin. And imagine now you've dealt with camp, you've checked your sugar, you've done your insulin, you're comfortable with that in the mix of a whole bunch of other children in a busy camp schedule, you go home, you are ready to face the world. You are ready to manage your diabetes during the routine of the school year, a family vacation. You have readiness skills. You're on medication for your asthma or allergies. You're going to remember to do this. You're going to remember to be responsible for your own care. You're going to remember to be well hydrated. You're going to look forward to being an independent participant in your own care. And when you see a child gain that maturity and responsibility, own it, assimilate it, and then take it home with them, it's just fascinating to see. I imagine sometimes, though, you encounter children who may even wish to hide some of their conditions for a little bit and that you're able to bring them out. You ever find that when they watch their peers go and seek the kind of healthcare attention, does that help them as well, just seeing other kids do this so they don't feel so different? Well, absolutely. You know, it, it's often the case that children will come to the health center at either camp with a buddy. They come with a buddy if they have a stub toe or a bee sting or poison ivy or what have you. Or they just have a friend waiting for them on the porch while they're inside taking their regular meds. But it's really interesting to see, Manny, when you have a group of children who all sort of figure out, hey, those two guys have diabetes as well, or those two guys are doing their, their growth hormone shots or their allergy shots, because we even do that at camp, or hey, that guy, he's doing his inhaler, and I think he's better at it than I am. He seems more comfortable. The kids talk amongst themselves. Now, obviously, there is adult supervision there at all times, and we have nurses and doctors around, but imagine, we've even had children come to camp, and they say, well, but you take your medicine, and it's a pill, and mine's a liquid. I wonder if I could learn how to swallow a pill. Imagine now you've met peers just like yourself, the support, the love and encouragement that they give each other. It's a bond that lasts forever. We know that children make friends for life when they come to camp. And sometimes if there's a healthcare need or issue that is chronic and makes them feel a little different, if they find someone who's just a little different but actually just like themselves, Imagine how reassuring that is, and it's wonderful to see. You also probably help these children focus on good hygiene, on taking care of themselves. The, the children that don't necessarily come to the health center on a regular basis, but from time to time, you're there as a, as someone to help them figure out what's good for them in the world as well. well. Well, absolutely. So, you know, our camps are in the mountains, and it gets hot, but it also gets cold, and there are trees and bushes, and there are all sorts of creepy crawly things. So let me just say this. We educate our staff first and foremost about health, hygiene, hydration, checking to make sure nobody has poison ivy or a tick on them, making sure that they are good role models because they are using proper sunscreen and they are staying well hydrated. 
we make frequent announcements to the entire camp community, not just those who are coming to the health center. Hey guys, you know it's a 95 degree, 95% humidity day. You don't leave for your activities without your water bottle. Oh, by the way, if you don't happen to have a water bottle, come to the health center. We probably have one there that we can give you. We talk about hydration. We talk about nutrition. Our staff know to monitor without being in someone's face, but they monitor in the dining hall. Are you eating enough? Are you leaving the dining hall having eaten something at a meal? Because there are many, many choices to make sure you have proper nutrition. We make sure children are applying sunscreen. We make sure children are taking their showers every night, that their teeth are brushed every morning and night, that you know we expect them to be clean, we expect their bunk space to be clean. They are learning about hygiene and self-care and self-reliance. They are also learning about making their bed, putting their clothes away, keeping their area neat and tidy. So there are many, many life skills. And what's interesting to me is Many of the children, the majority of children, in fact, at either camp, don't ever come to the health center for a medication. They never have a headache. They're, you know, they never need a Band-Aid. They're just a regular member of society walking about camp. And we still know them because I see them in the dining hall. And they'll be like, hey, Dr. Steve, you talked to us yesterday about, you know, we're going on a hike. We have to check for ticks. Or it's going to be a hot day. We all drank. We all put on our sunscreen because our community all knows each other. And we teach these children this, and they come home that much more complete a person, if you will. When you do encounter a child, and they do need some help at the, at the health center, uh, do you find yourself staying in touch with parents, or is that how does that work out? What's your communication like with parents? So actually, we have very well-established protocols that we follow. I will say that for a minor scrape that needs a Band-Aid and maybe some bacitracin and go about your business, mm -hmm. we're not likely to call home. But every encounter in the health center is documented. You come to the health center, it's documented. You leave the health center, but, but the parents pick you up and they say, hey, you went to the health center, can I go talk to the nurse or the doc? We can pull that patient's, that camper's card, they were a patient, mm -hmm. we pull their patient's form and we can see when they were there. And I will tell you, if somebody has a sprain or um, a laceration that might need to be sutured, we're going to call the parents before we do anything. If they have an injury that might even require a tetanus booster, which we keep on site, we're going to call the parents. They need to go off site, we're going to call the parents. They have a head injury, even a minor head injury. Every head injury, we call the parents, and we document that we call the parents. And if we try one number and we can't reach them, we try a number or num another number. We will find the parents. Because when your child's away from you, the fear of the unknown is what would make a parent anxious. I don't know if my child was hurt. I don't know if my child had a sunburn. I don't know if my child you know, was home missing and needed to go to the health center and get emotional support. We have all sorts of systems in place for constant communications with families when it's needed. Now, it's healthcare communication that we do at the health center. Camper support for home missing and things, that communication will come from other members of our staff, but our medical staff, our nurses and doctors are there to provide additional levels of support whenever it's needed. But to, that's a long answer to your short question, but, but families need to know that they will know when something's happened and their child's been ill. If the child has a fever, a cut, a scrape, something that the parent would normally need to know, 
we make certain they know. I would imagine though there's sometimes when a child has been recently diagnosed with kind of a new condition they're beginning to figure out how to manage that parents might worry. Do you ever find that they kind of call you to kind of check in just to see how their child is doing or do you ever meet with them or talk to them on the phone just kind of just to give them a sense of how well their child is getting along? Absolutely. So as the medical director for the two camps, I work closely with our two um, full summer nurses at the both, both camps, Bets and Betsy. And the three of us are, are really a team in the off season. So if our camp directors or staff say, hey, listen, we have a child newly diagnosed diabetic, newly diagnosed bad asthmatic, or just had a broken leg or a concussion or what have you at home, can you talk to this family? We actually start that process before camp starts. We will talk to families, we will email families, we are available to them. We have medical staff available on check-in day, so parents are encouraged if there's a new condition and they want to meet with the medical staff, meet with us, tell us what's going on, make sure your child knows where the health center is and who the staff are, and then we make certain that that child and their counselors know how to find us at all times, and we will set up a plan with the parents, call back and check in. We've even had children newly diagnosed diabetics, which can be sort of in a state of flux with their insulin dosing, where we will be in touch with both the parents and their home doctor, because we're not going to be changing what a home doctor decided was the best treatment for any particular child, but we work with their home doctors and their healthcare providers. So we make certain to communicate with parents at all steps of the way. We will even do things like checking weights for children and calling home and documenting that so the parents know that their child's been eating and doing well. Because sometimes we have children who've had an issue with not being able to keep weight on or keeping too much weight on and the parents want to know. So we have systems in place, Manny, for all of these things to be monitored and communicated back to families. My understanding is that you and your staff as well actually have a comprehensive review of all the medical records that are forwarded to the camp even before the camp season starts. Well, in fact, as you probably know, that is happening this very week. Our two senior nurses from both camps have been in the camp office and reviewing camp reforms, the health forms that are coming in. They are being monitored. They are being reviewed. Anybody where we might have a question that we think we should reach out to the family even before they reach out to us, on occasion, we do that to say, hey, listen, we noticed this particular thing. Is there something we can do to be better prepared to help your child be successful and remain healthy here? Or do you have any concerns? Do you want to reach out to um, us on your own or have their doctor reach out to us? So we do that. So even before your child steps foot on our property up on the mountain, we know who they are and what they're bringing um, in terms of health concerns. And in fact, if a child's on medication from home, as parents are finding out, there are forms filled out, they go to the pharmacy, the pharmacy has those meds pre-packed and ready to go before camp even starts, those meds arrive at camp before the campers do, we check them and then you're invited to check them with us on check-in day. So there are so many measures put in place to know who the campers are, what their conditions are, what their medications may be and what other needs they may have so that we can take care of these children as if essentially they were our own. It sounds like a percentage of the campers are on medication. I, I know sometimes, I'm guessing, that you've actually been approached. Uh, is it a good thing to take a medication holiday or vacation when you're at camp? Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, I, I, not only do I have thoughts, I talk to families about this in my own practice. 
I've spoken at the um, American Camping Association um, tri-state meeting in Atlantic City several years back and you know most things that a child is taking medication for that they're diagnosed with that a healthcare provider thought required an intervention are diagnoses that you live with every day seven days a week 365 days a year so unless there's been a very specific conversation with the provider at home about why they think it's necessary or, or advisable to take a medication holiday, we would prefer that children stay on their medication. And, and I'm gonna, I'll take one particular diagnosis that's very near and dear to my heart, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. You and I both are very familiar with this because mm -hmm. of our practice outside of camp. But what parents need to know is that this is a disorder that is pervasive throughout your life. It affects everything you do. Now, some children are more inattentive and hyperactive, um, or more inattentive than hyperactive, and some children are more physically hyperactive and busy. But the fact of the matter is, we have a schedule at camp. We have certain expectations of our campers and staff to comply with schedules and rules and activities. So imagine if you're functioning really well on a home medication, paying attention to a teacher, paying attention to the soccer ball when you're at a soccer game, but now you're off your medication at camp and you're not paying attention to the soccer ball in the soccer game. And it just went by you and somebody scored a goal when you could have been paying attention. So we really prefer that unless there's a very compelling reason that medication holidays don't be undertaken at camp. And especially because when that happens, we are more than happy to help monitor a child for the family and for the home provider. But parents need to understand, we are monitoring for them and for the home provider hundreds of children and staff at one time, and the children are in a bunk with young adult counselors that are not healthcare providers. So if we're taking a medication holiday attempt outside of the home, outside of the school environment where the same adult teacher sees your child every day and away from your healthcare provider where you as a parent can call immediately the next day if you encounter a potential problem, it may not be the best idea for that holiday to be undertaken away from the home. Now, of course, this is nothing written in stone, and I know certain families and providers have their own feelings, opinions, and thoughts on the matter, and I'm happy to discuss that with parents you know, if they really feel that they like their child off meds for the summer. Uh, sometimes I know that children might have to spend the night at the health center, that something says perhaps they have a fever or there's something else that says, I think it'd be better for you to kind of stay here with us for the evening. What, what's that like for a child? What can they expect for if that happens? What can parents know that their children are, are getting attended to when that happens? Right, so I will speak to that both in terms of a, a general thing around the camping industry and then what we specifically do at Camps Area and Louise. Parents need to understand it's not every camp that's going to offer on-site, overnight, inpatient care. Camps Area and Louise, as I mentioned earlier, have two doctors and four to six nurses on-site. Both health centers have approximately 10 to 12 inpatient beds. Each room is a private room with a door but the door is cut off at the bottom so we can always hear if the patient's calling out for help. And there is a nurse that stays overnight in the health center. Now I can tell you that as a camper, I recall vividly that I had a fever and I stayed overnight in the health center at Camp Barry. And then my son did as well. So I can reassure parents that when that happens, 
There's a nurse with the child 24 seven. There's a doctor on call that night, just a cabin or two away. And their vital signs and their fever can be monitored and medications can be given. They're sleeping in a nice air conditioned facility with a wonderful, comfortable bed with typically very relatively new mattresses, some of which are even Tempur-Pedic. Um, so it's a very comfortable situation. Now, having said that, why would a child stay overnight in a health center anyway? They're at camp, they're supposed to be healthy. Well, if a child has a fever and we want to sequester them from their bunk so that they don't share whatever gave them that fever with the rest of the bunk, we bring them to the health center. If a child has a stomach bug and they might be having some vomiting or diarrhea, we'll keep them in the health center so we can not only keep them away from their bunk mates, but also help provide tender loving care, especially our younger children might not do as well with such an illness. It, it needs to be said that if a parent um, is wondering, if my child stays overnight, won't I know about it? Absolutely, you will know about it. We will call you, our health center manager will make the first phone call, explain what's going on. A doctor or nurse will be available to answer any of your questions. I will say this, and parents will find this out when their children come to camp if this ever happens. If for any reason the health center calls a parent, whether it's about a sprain or an overnight stay in the health center, we try to do the communication adult to adult. We often don't put the children on the phone. Now you know your child best, but we will tell you that sometimes that makes it harder for them emotionally. Sometimes it makes it easier for them emotionally. It's a conversation we have before we just automatically put the camper on the phone with the parent. But I will tell you, the parent is notified. Now, it is comfortable to stay in the health center physically. It is a little bit distressing or makes a camper perhaps sad. We arrange for visits from their bunk at a safe distance so they don't share bugs. They can be on the porch and their bunk mates can come by and say hello, bring them their mail. Um, so oftentimes bunk mates will write little letters or notes to the camper and we only keep them there as long as absolutely necessary. And obviously now if a, if a camper has a fever for more than just a few days, we're going to speak to the parents and ask if they would like to have their own pediatrician evaluate the child at home. We can deal with that. It's a very rare occurrence, but we are prepared for this. I, I want to reiterate something that I, I believe we've said earlier, but it needs to be said again, because we're talking about all these things that happen to children, all these healthcare needs and the things that we do. Parents and families, please remember, the vast majority of children and staff come to camp healthy and leave healthy. Some come to camp with health care concerns that are ongoing and chronic. We simply help maintain the best possible health dealing with those issues while your camper is with us. For those who do become sick or injured, we do our very best to provide the utmost highest level of competent, compassionate, and efficient care with constant communication with you. Speaking of communication, when you take a child under your care, how do you let other people in camp know that's the case, that they're with you now? So, as I mentioned earlier, we have walkie-talkies, so we can contact people over walkie-talkie, but because of privacy concerns, we're not going to be shouting over a walkie-talkie, oh, by the way, this camper so-and-so from bunk so-and-so is here with this particular ailment. No, we will say, can somebody please have the counselor for bunk such and such come up to the health center? We will talk to them. We can do that, but we also have a health center system for emailing. Our unit leaders get emails throughout the day, 
and we will contact them. We keep a running list of who's there. Our unit leaders and division heads and health um, and camp administration know from the health center staff who's there, why they're there, what's going on. They can also help field any questions or concerns from parents and families. There, there must be times though when a child will present themselves and you have to ask yourself, is it medical or is it something else? Do you ever find kids come to the health center for something else? Absolutely. Now, what is that something else? Well, are they missing home? Are they having trouble integrating into their bunk community? Did they have a bad day on the um, softball field and they dropped the ball and the other team won and they're just sad? But they come to us, I have a tummy ache, I have a headache, what have you. We will always assume that an ailment is a physical ailment and look for that cause first. If, however, we find nothing wrong, we provide gentle reassurance, symptomatic relief. Sometimes it's an ice pop, sometimes it's something else. If we see the same camper come back two or three times, then we talk to their counselor, their unit leader, and our camper support staff and engage them so they can reach out to this camper and say, hey, we notice you've come to the health center. We're not finding anything wrong, but you're still coming, and we want to make sure there's nothing else you'd like to talk about. They are given a private opportunity to speak to someone who is a person who knows them well and who may have training in camper support and emotional counseling so that we are prepared for that. Because oftentimes, as parents know, a headache or a tummy ache is really, I don't want to go to school or I don't want to go to the softball game or I'm missing home or I miss my dog or what have you. It sounds like uh, that the children at camp know that not only are you able to teach them how to advocate for themselves in terms of managing their medical conditions or acute health problems, but that you and your staff are advocates for them, that your main goal is for them to enjoy every moment possible at camp. Can you talk about your own sense of how rewarding it is to be a camp doctor? It's clear that you love doing it, Steve. So, And you can like? see the smile on my face I as can. we sit here together. I can. Um, so how rewarding is it? I suspect even when I lived in New Jersey and I drove back and forth in the summers and even sometimes every weekend, and why do I do it? Well, my mother went to camp with some financial challenges in her family, and camp gave her a place to go and a place to smile. My brother and I were fortunate enough to be able to go to camp, and my cousins did, and now my son does. I know how important camp has been to me. I want every child and staff member that sets foot in, in, through the gates and onto our property to have the very best possible experience. For me, that responsibility is to make sure you're healthy and safe during that camp experience and that we maintain your good health and address any issues that arise. Now, having said that, I'm also a very social person. So if you see me at camp, I'm going to be smiling, I'm going to be waving, I'm going to be talking to you, I'll be walking around playing my guitar, you'll see me at the archery range, what have you. It's a place to just be, your, for me, my most true self and be with people that I dearly love and help children enjoy life, grow into being their best selves and become self-reliant, independent, healthy individuals that are prepared for their next steps as they mature and they go out into the world. Uh, it sounds like uh, very few people would enjoy their job more than you would. Uh, you know, they say if you enjoy what you do, then you're not going to work. And I'm fortunate because everything I do, both for the University of Maryland School of Medicine and for Camps Area and Louise, is a labor of love, so it's not a labor at all. I, I literally love 
my jobs providing healthcare. Now, I will tell you, I don't necessarily love the paperwork that comes with healthcare, <laughs> but I love providing healthcare. And, and why do I say that? Because if I can make someone's day just a little bit better, a little bit easier, and allow them to get back to enjoying what they came to our camp to do, then I have done what I was put there to do for them. Well, it's, we talked earlier about how illness can be unpredictable. It does sound like one of the most predictable things at the camps is that they know they can rely on you and your staff to provide them tender, loving care, competent care, capable, capable care, excellent care, and um, that they're always in good hands. I can't thank you enough for giving us this time. I know anyone who hears this will be grateful and pleased to know that this is the way we go about our business at camp. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Dave. And thank you, Manny. It's a pleasure.